We have a second lesson on the fruit of the Spirit. We had started this last Sunday evening, and if you'll turn to Galatians, the fifth chapter, uh, we'll read the scripture that this is based upon, uh, beginning with the 22nd verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Now, up above, beginning with verse 19, he is emphasizing the works of the flesh, and they are made known. Manifest is another word for a synonym for made known. Which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which the which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of, of God. And then he begins with the fruit of the Spirit. And we discussed last time the fruit of the Spirit. We discussed the first four, love and joy and peace and long-suffering. And this time we'll study, as your uh, handout has, the gentleness there, uh, the kindness, and uh, those two terms uh, equal the same and faith, and meekness, and temperance, which is self-control. Against such there is no law. Now, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the lust, with the affections and lusts, and that's what he just named up above. By crucify, it means they have killed them. They have uh, put them to death. And uh, if we live in the Spirit, number 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Uh, let us not be desirous of vainglorying, that is the works of the flesh, provoke, provoking one another, envying one another, that's the works of the flesh. So he's, he's giving us a man, command here, let us not be desirous of vainglory, not take part in the fleshly, but in the Spirit. So it is, a, it is an option. It's a choice that we make. And the last time I emphasized that in Acts 5 and verse 32 that the Apostle Peter described how that people appropriate the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He says, we're witnesses of these things and so also uh, of uh, the, the people who, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom he gives to all them that obey him. So the, in the activities of the first Christians, the first church, that he was well aware that, that uh, they as apostles were witnesses of what was going on, and the Holy Spirit was also, and he says, this is given to people who obey him. And that's not just to the people who have the Holy Spirit that uh, you can perform miracles, but that is the Holy Spirit, the working of uh, that in a Christian. 
and uh, we emphasized that the last time that it is a choice and that it comes by understanding and it comes by accepting the fact that we have been born anew we've been born from above we have been given uh, he sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying father father in galatians uh, fourth chapter in the sixth verse and he gives the holy spirit to them that ask him according to luke the eighth chapter and a verse 38 uh, uh, and in verses following along in that line he gives his holy spirit if he said if he being evil know how to give give gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to them that ask him so it, it's an appropriation of this but it's the choice that we make and this is what we need to get into our mind now back to that uh, 25th verse if we live in the spirit which is a, since we live in the spirit since we're people who live in the spirit we walk by the spirit we walk by faith we walk by the instructions that he has given us then let us also walk in the spirit it is our choice now looking since we had the four that we discussed last time we discussed the fifth one is the fruit of the spirit is kindness and it could be a synonym could be goodness now if you turn with me to first john i want you to get a look at john's description of a person who is uh, meets this uh, uh, qualification of doing what is good the 17th and the through the 19th verse of first john uh, the third chapter but whosoever hath the world's goods and seeth his brother hath need and shutteth up his bowels uh, this is another word for tender mercies and compassion uh, of compassion is in italics in your king james which shows it's understood and the word bowels is not a good translation of that word uh, in our english it, it, it in a sense in the 1611 uh, they thought of the center of our emotions uh, at that time and they translated it that way but out of the compassion of a person's feelings to do good to people when they're affected for their need how dwelleth the, the love of god in him whosoever doesn't give it and doesn't respond my little children let us not love in word neither in tongue but in deed and in truth and hereby we know that ye are that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before god or we'll approve our hearts for our hearts condemn us god is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things and we need to understand that this is a description of the person who is sharing his goods and this is a, a a sort of a picture of the word kindness now there is another one if you we're right there close to 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 uh, uh, second peter so just turn over in your new testament to second peter and uh, this is is where uh it's, it's back not over it's back uh, a, a little ways uh in your new testament and it's the first chapter of second peter and it's the one that you probably have memorized 
time and time again when you were young, like the Beatitudes. But here are, we call them the Christian graces. And here is a description of a person who has kindness. And besides this, give all diligence and add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience. This is one of the characteristics that we're going to talk about that he mentions in Galatians, temperance or self-control. And to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love or charity. Now the brotherly kindness there is the word we're keying in. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if we don't have that, we're not acting like Christians. We're not acting like we ought to, to really have the fruit of the Spirit. We're not bearing that. But this is an octave. Like, there's eight steps here. And it's like from do to do in music. And he starts out and he ends up. Uh, and it's like the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes have eight steps. And it all goes together. You can't just separate one of, them, one of them from the other. They all go together in harmony. And here's the kindness that needs to be in our life. Now, if you just flip back in your New Testament to Ephesians, uh, the uh, fourth chapter and verse 32, Paul is speaking to the Ephesians, and he just says plain out, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, there's not anything more like Christ, there's not any characteristic or action than that. And if we have that, that is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in a person and if you don't have that, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. This same book says that we grieve not the Holy Spirit, a promise. But we grieve the Holy Spirit when we don't act as the Spirit would have us to act. Now, it's a choice. You can let the Spirit be a part of your life, or you can, you can not choose it. And that's just how flexible that we are. We can go with the flesh, we can go with the Spirit. And when kindness... Uh, uh, makes it a part of your, when you make it a part of your life, you are allowing the Spirit to dwell in you, and you're bearing fruits of the Spirit. Now, turn, turn to James, the first chapter. I think we all know this, but I want you to, uh, to read this, because this is a good passage, and it's a passage that demonstrates the kindness that ought to come out of each one of them, uh, of us. The first chapter and the verse 26 said that if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue. Now we're talking about being kind. That's a fruit of the Spirit. And bridleth not your tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. If we don't have kindness, we're not appropriating the Holy Spirit, the holiness that is designed to set us apart and to make us different from other people. And, uh, you know, in the paper there I have that example. I think we've all had experiences with animals, especially dogs. And I know horses. When I was a kid, we had 
teams of horses and mules on the on the farm and we had dogs and dogs would respond to kindness you could even frown at a dog and 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 they'd tuck their tails or they'd go or they'd either bark at you and jump on you like they're going to bite you now if they know the expression of the eyes and they can determine and they can also when you say something to them they'll get up and run off if it's unkind or you say well come here puppy come here and they'll wag their tail and come to you a dog an animal even responds to kindness and we need to understand when that god came and gave us made it possible for us to have the spirit to dwell in us and we set ourselves apart by by choice it's a choice that we can make we're just that powerful and we can choose the way of of acting uh look at the while we're in james uh, i want you to look at uh, the the second chapter and the 15th and and 16th verses because he he says if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food and one of you say unto them depart in peace be ye warmed and filled notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body what doth it profit what doth it profit it's kindness i had a call this week from a lady and her husband had beat her up broken her cheek broken her neck he got 5 years and she has three children 13 year old girl 9 year old boy and a 6 year old girl and they were put in orangewood and finally into a foster home and and she finally got out of the predicament i don't know what all happened but uh she was tied up too and that they they deemed that she was unfit to take care of her children and she just called i guess because anaheim church of christ was the first in the book i've never gotten uh she did call twice and wanted to come services day and I, and i got back to her and gave her the direction but i guess she got it too late but it was just we responded and we found out that her sister lived right down the road here at Magnolia and that uh, uh she said well I'll tell you I'll keep to the social worker and we'll get back word from her tomorrow afternoon social worker that I'll fix up my house I have two children but I'll take care of them if you won't put them in a foster home until my until my sister can get a job and and then the social services will let her have her children and she called twice thinking thanking us for having I called Brother Campbell Brother Campbell said well if they need a mattress they need some beds we'll fix it up for them so they can qualify we're doing that that's just kindness now we we are thinking about their souls and teaching them the truth but but you can't just go in there and say well you're not a member of the church we're not going to help you or you're not doing this or this or this and I have that's what we're for to teach them see and to be kind And here's what James is saying. If one saying to you depart and be warmed and filled and you don't do anything, I said can that faith that we have to have faith. 
that kindness is a part of our lives and that it's a part of, of the church in, in the first century in Jerusalem. You know, in 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 3, I know you know that passage, but let's just turn over to that passage. I, I want to sort of detect that uh, saying here of 1 Corinthians uh, 16 because it's being written to a, to a church about the contribution that this, this Gentile area was, he's given instructions of this Gentile uh, uh, climate, or, or, or a community out here, Corinth, to help the Jews. Uh, he says, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. All believe in kindness being employed and, and activated by Christians enough that he wrote to them and said, this will bring us closer together. He said, upon the first day of the week. Why did he say upon the first day? That's when they worshiped. That's when the church was established. That's when they were baptized in the name of Jesus and given for remission of sins. That's when uh, the prophecies of the Old Testament were fulfilled. That's when the church began. That's when the keys was uh, used for the first time on the day of Pentecost. And from since then, we have examples in Acts 20 and 7 and in other places where they met that day and they observed the Lord's Supper. This doesn't say you've got to do this on Sunday, but we just have examples where they did it on Sunday. And so when he writes back to this church, it's the second journey. He's already worked Galatia, and he's, he's, worked, uh, he's worked in Europe now in three, three years and, and uh, uh, 18 months that he here until he established the church. Now he's writing back to them. And he said, now, upon the first day, why would you do it on the first day? Well, that's, that's when you come together. Therefore, celebrate the resurrection of Christ, the establishment of the Spirit coming and making us alive. The body of Christ really came into reality. And he said, when you do that, that'll be a good time to just lay this contribution. Now, that wasn't a contribution that used for other things. This was a contribution to be kind to the Jews that were, weren't getting along very good in Jerusalem. They had to lay it aside. That was just particularly for them, and he took it. And when he did, uh, the rulers thought, boy, I can build up money like that. So I thought, I'm just going to try to get some of that money. Oh, Festus, Felix, and them thought. Yeah, he, he did a good job, but it was to show kindness kindness unto the, the Gentiles and bring them closer together. And that was used in the first century. Now, I want you to turn to the judgment scene in the 25th chapter of Matthew. And Jesus emphasized that, that it's very important to be kind and to have this characteristic. In fact, he said in John, the 15th chapter, uh, the 13th chapter and the 20. Uh, certain verse there, 30 and 31 and 34, that the people are going to know that you're my disciple because of the way you love one another. But here he's saying that people not only love one another, but he said they love to help people. Look at that 25th uh, chapter of Matthew, verse 31 says, When the Son of Man shall come in, the, in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, 
as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Now that's going to be a, a wonderful scene. Now I don't know, uh, he had to describe this, that it's going to happen. But he, this is a great message that Jesus had for us to show what's going to happen when he comes back. And then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, you're going to be saved. Blessed are you. You inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer, saying, Lord, we didn't even know. We didn't know we were doing that. When did we do that? When did we do any of this? When did we see a stranger? And as he goes on here, he says, and they just keep on asking him, every one of those, sick and in prison and naked and all of that. When did we do that? When did this come about? And the king answered and said, when you were kind, when you were kind, when you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. And you know, kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is, is the Spirit working in us, and it's our choice. It's a choice that we make that we can act that way. Now, the sixth mark of the Spirit is, is faithfulness. Faithfulness is taught in the Bible. In Revelation 2 and 10, he said, Be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive a crown of life. While we're in Matthew 24, 25, I want you to come to the 14th verse. Here is a great lesson on faithfulness. And I'll tell you, brethren, we need this and we need to share it with each other. There's no reason that if we share it with, with the members of this congregation, and we have some wonderful people in this congregation, we could have twice as many here tonight if people were just faithful to the Lord. We could. I could just, I can stop here and I can just, I was just thinking before I got up here, and I, and I just named over myself, and it outnumbers what we have here. But the people could be here. And you know what to do? We have a little meeting before our services here, and, and, and we don't have too much interest in it, but we have some that just to, so we can call them and we can encourage them, and we can help them to be here, and we need to just be active in that. Now, look at this. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who calls his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Brethren, we've been delivered the goods. We've been delivered to salvation, freedom from sin. As Al said, the jailhouse has been broken. The shackles of Satan we've been released from. And we're sharing this with others. And unto one he gave five talents, to other two, to another one, and to everyone according to his several abilities. And straightway they took, he took a journey. And Jesus has gone back to heaven. He's at the right hand of God. But you know, the one that went, had five, he made five more. The one that had two, he made two, he made two more. But the one that had one, he just hid it. He said, I'll just hide it. I won't do anything. It would amount to anything anyway. And I know God is a, is a hard God, 
and uh, I know he requires a responsibility, so I'll just lock it up and, and I'll just give it back to him. When he came back, the five gave him five more, the two gave him two more, and he blessed them and said, this is it. This is, you. it's a wonderful, enter in, enjoy it. And to the one he said, take that one and give it to the people who have it. And he cast him into the fire. We have a lot of grace to preach, but we also have this kind of teaching which shows sinners in the hands of an angry God. God has anger, and he's manifested it. Three and twenty thousand were killed when they came out from Egypt. Now that shouldn't just motivate you that alone, but it's a part of it. We need to understand that we don't fool around with God. And that we have a choice of being faithful or unfaithful. And at the end, we're going to have to give an account. A lot of things written. You know, faithful just means full of faith to the end. But I'll tell you, when we find about excuses and we don't go, we don't support the preacher and the elders and the teachers, what do we expect? How do you think I feel when I know that members that could come don't come? But I can't be paralyzed. I need to put my trust in God and to encourage them and say, Brother, you need to be more faithful. We need you. People usually want to go where everything's on fire and everything's doing, everybody's doing their job, but they, they don't want to do things. But it, we depend on people coming and being faithful. We have a responsibility. Now just look. On your outline it says, why talk about faithfulness? I'll tell you because it's a problem. It's a problem. You can ask somebody to do something, but you, you don't know whether they're going to do it or not. Give them responsibility. Why? It's just a thing that's been with us ever since God created man. From various weaknesses in a congregation show lack of faith. You know, we make things happen because we want them to happen. And we need to understand that. The church needs people who are full of faith and not going around with their feelings on their shoulder and trying to see something that they can gripe about and talk about and complain about and criticize somebody about. Why, if there's something we need to criticize somebody about, we need to take them around, uh, put our arm around them and help them and encourage them and say, hey, brother, we need to get closer together. We need to do this thing together. We're all on the same team. There are many things that we could uh, list as being unfaithful. The church needs faithful uh, people. Each individual Christian needs to be faithful. They need to give an account. They're going to give an account whether they want to or not. Someday's coming. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And you know the Holy Spirit will help us to be faithful if we're open to it. The Holy Spirit will move into our, into our lives if we open up and say, God help me. Indifference 
And cutting the Holy Spirit out of your life is going to cause us to fail. The seventh fruit of the Spirit is meekness. Meekness, humility. It's the opposite of pride and haughtiness, puffed up. It doesn't mean that you have an inferiority complex and you just can't come out there. Meekness, it just means complete dependence on God. Seeing your inadequacies, seeing the things that you lack, but having faith and confidence in God that he can take you and make you a courageous person. Matthew 5 and 5 in the, in the Beatitudes says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What does it mean inherit the earth? That's the best part of the earthly and the worldly. That if a man is humble, he'll just have opportunity on every side. And he'll just reach out and, and, and just do great things. Now, in Romans 12 and verse 2 and 3, if you want to uh, look at that, uh, this is, is sort of help us to, to uh, get that uh, picture of what we're to do as we... Uh, humble ourselves in dependence on God, he just begged them that they would present their bodies by the mercies of God, that they would present their bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is just a, a reasonable, a spiritual, a, a, a meek thing to do. And not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're dependent completely on God, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's God working in you, the perfect will of God. For I say through the grace that's given unto me, unto every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, and that's that pride, but to think soberly. Justice rationally. I'm just an individual. But God can take little individuals and he can just do great things through them. That's what we're talking about in meekness. Giving God the glory. Depending upon him. And he said, according as he hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. He has given us all that kind of strength. Do you know the ten spies? Two out of twelve said we can do it, not because of their strength, but because they believed that God could take the land, that God was powerful to do through them that they couldn't do. The grapes, it took two men to take a, a bunch of grapes. Well, they said, we're like grasshoppers in those people's sight, and the ten said, we can't ever do it. That's that's a valuation of man, of himself, without God. But the two that said we can do it, they lived through the 40 years of wondering and went on in and took the land. And we need to understand that that's meek, meekness. That was, that was humbling yourself under the, the mighty hand of God. Galatians 6 and 1 said that we ought to take the, the weak and the people, be not, we're not to let that, we ought to look at that. Galatians, the uh, sixth chapter, 
She'll be overtaken in a fault, in a sin. If any man be overtaken, that's what we're talking about, that they, they might fall in to that. But it says, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one. How do you do it? Well, you can't have boasting and pride and say, I know how to do it. You ought to be doing it like I'm doing it. No. It says, in meekness, restore such a one. And you say, you know, we're not, I'm not able to do this either, but with God's help, I can, we can do it. I feel like you do. I felt like you have many times. You know the way, way that I overcame this? Is I just depended on God, and God gave me strength. And you can too. There's no reason for people not being faithful to the services and worshiping God except if they want to put their own personal desires before their love for God. And we need to help people to come to the... And we need to do it in meekness. We need to say... Uh, and, and, and the next verse says, the same verse says, boy, you have to consider yourself because you'll, if you don't, you'll fall. You know, when we start to help people, that's one of the worst things when we try to help people we have to be careful or we come on as we know everything. We know it all. But we don't know it all. It's just, it's, it's from God. It's his help. And if that's what you got, I'm sorry. We, no, it's, it's from God. That's a meekness. That is a part of the Spirit, and that's a fruit of the Spirit. And we need to uh, emulate it many times. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians, uh, the 10th chapter, and... and, and and the first verse. I beseech you, Paul said, by meekness and gentleness of Christ. Now, the only way we can emulate that is to know him and to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John enough that we get acquainted with his meekness. And then as we get older, we'll get so filled with arthritic pain and with agitation from people that we'll come on, not with meekness and gentleness, but we'll come on with a harsh voice and with tones that they'll think we're angry. And we'll never tell them that I've got a big pain in my shoulder and over here and my hip and all. And Yeah, I'm a little agitated, but I didn't know that it was coming out like, like that, see. But in spite of all of that, if we're Christians and if we've been close to Christ, he said, oh, Paul, he was getting up in age when he wrote this. And he had been treated terribly at different places. And he probably had a lot of pain. But he'd learned, he said, with meekness and the gentleness of Christ, who in presence am based among you, but being absent am bold toward you. I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with you with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. 
It's sort of easy for us to get caught up in the wrong attitude. And Paul has taught that. And he was just human, just like we, we are. He said, I have to buffet my body daily, except after I preach, I myself become a stumbling block. Well, the eighth point of the spirit of the truth, of, of uh, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, is temperance. That's self-control. Now, here is the crutch of the whole list here that we have. Self-control, and self-control is a better word than temperance. Now, uh, temperance was used because of the way we use it with drinking and, and overindulging in things, and and yet it's it's mean to, it, self-control is a better word to describe uh, the original language there. Uh, many can control everything but just themselves. And we need to understand that. Self-control is the basis of Christianity. Paul speaks of the war between the flesh and the spirit. In, in Romans 7, that's what it is. And in Romans 8, he says, you do by the spirit put to death the deeds of the flesh. How do you do it? By the spirit that dwells in you, he said. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God, in Romans 8. And if you have not the spirit of Christ, you're none of his, in Galatians 4, verse 6. Self-control makes you a winner. Now, you can't be without your choice. You've got to choose the right way to act. And we don't have an excuse or a reason not to act like the Spirit has taught us. But the Spirit is right there present. The Spirit is just as present as Christ is. The Spirit is, is just as much God as Christ is. Is just as much God as the Father is. And we better not put him on the shelf. We don't want to. Paul said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of promise, for by your seal. And we can't be deceptive. We've got to be like he wants us to be. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians, please, the 6th chapter. And he talks about uh, this. This uh, is a chapter where it talks about our physical bodies and the control that we have here uh, on it. Uh, he says in the... 20th verse, for you are bought with a price. But I want you to, uh, I want you to start back with uh, the, with the, uh, it, with the 14th verse. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? Now he's talking about self-control. We have the, the, the right, we have the choice to do that. He said, no, 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 God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body for two? Saith he shall be one flesh? But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now, we're one spirit with the Lord. We're talking about the fruits of the spirit. And one of the spirit, one of the marks of, of the spirit's fruit is self-control. 
Now, if you give up self-control, you're giving up the Spirit of Christ that was been given to you. He gave you His Spirit. He gave you Himself. He gave you the Father. But He also said, hey, you're, you're in control. And we give you that which will set you apart, but it's got to be a choice on your part. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have of God? And ye are not your own. And when we don't own that spirit, and when we don't control our spirits to, to, to coordinate with that spirit, we're just pushing the Holy Spirit out of our lives. For ye were bought with a price. Look at the 20th verse. Therefore glorify God in your body. That's a choice. That's a self-control. And in your spirit. That's something we can do. We can either glorify God in our bodies or we can unglorify it. We can set it apart to the devil. They belong to God. My body belongs to God. Whether I live or whether I die, according to Romans 14, verse 7, I am the Lord's. But he hasn't taken the choice away from me. We need to get that through to our brethren. I want you to turn in closing to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> on this self-control. I don't have that listed on your paper, but I just want you to think about that. Look at the 17th verse. This I say, therefore, and testify the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. What am I talking about? A fruit of the Spirit which is self-control. No excuses. We, we either control it or we don't control it. That's the only way he's going to let us into heaven is where we've been in good control of our bodies. Understanding that he's our Lord and he's our God and he's given us the Holy Spirit, but we have been bought with a price, and we have said, yeah, I'll give you my spirit. Now, act according to the Holy Spirit that you're filled with. Now, are we going to take our talents? Are we going to take our blessings? Are we going to, are we going to develop them into five or, or two or to four or what? Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. It's up to us. Who, being past feelings, have given themselves over to lasciviousness, that's everything that appeals to the, uh, uh, the sensual and the, the bad emotions of man. To work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Self-control. That ye put off, it's a choice. Self-control. Concerning the former conversation, that just means manner of conduct, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And here's the 23rd verse. And be renewed. It's a choice. In the spirit of your mind. Self-control. Well, we make a choice to be good and to be like Christ and to uh, have his spirit dwell within us. And that you put on the new man. It's a, it's a thing we can do. 
But if you don't want to put on the new man, you don't have to. And after God is created, it's creating in righteousness and true holiness all the time that we're on the in the spotlight while we're in this life. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth to his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry, don't go on sinning. You can be angry, he says to be angry. Somebody says, I can't be angry, I'm a Christian. I can't be angry. Hey, the scripture says you can be angry. But don't lose your temper or act like the devil. What do you do? You correct it. Look, you don't let the sun go down on your anger. Anybody that lets the sun go down and won't speak to another person and work things out is working in the devil's playhouse and is choosing to be like the devil. And we don't want to be with people that's like the devil. The fruit of the Spirit is, is the Spirit of self-control. So people control themselves. It's a choice. People become mentally ill-adjusted because they make the choice to be out of start with people. And the devil just jumps up and just laughs about it. Neither give place to the devil. Number 27. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him work, laboring with his hands that he may have to give to them that are in need. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Self-control proceed out of your mouth. But what do you do? You make the choice to build up people. Somebody says, well, I need you to help me. We go in and we see all the negative things, so we just get a hold of it and we just start a big fuss. There is a conflict, so we just turn it into fighting feud. No, not a Christian, not a person who's in touch with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. You always bring harmony and peace, and you build up. You control yourself, and you have to control others by being like Christ, that he may minister grace to the ears. And you, you don't breathe the Holy Spirit of promise, the Holy Spirit of God. 